is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, as you know, Christopher Ray testified today, and we learned nothing from him. Um, but he has his defenders out there, like Hindenburg, Chris Christie, and the Democrats. If you listen to Christopher Ray, everything's hunky-dory over there at the FBI. He's put in all these cool reforms. His front man, uh, Chris Christie, among others, say he's changed what took place at the FBI. Chris Christie's a liar. Christopher Ray is a liar. I do not understand how a man with less than 1% of support among Republicans is on <coughs> all these cable programs. I don't get it. Why he isn't spending time in Iowa and New Hampshire? Well, the reason is, actually, he's a torpedo. In order to take out Trump and or DeSantis. Now, I want to make a point before I go further. Some people are falling into this trap. The Democrats, the establishment Republicans, want to take out two men, Trump and DeSantis. I've noticed lately some of uh, the Trump supporters on TV want to take out DeSantis, too. That's understandable. But some others are trying to take out DeSantis. Now, these people are thinking Trump can't get past his indictments. They hope for convictions and all the rest. That would leave DeSantis as the 2025 percenter right now. And, of course, we don't run primaries nationwide. They're run in individual states. Like the Electoral College, it's about individual states, but nonetheless... So they want to take out number one and number two, who represent over 70% of the Republican Party. 
And Peggy Noonan gave it away when she backed Chris Christie. I mean, there's other great candidates in this race. Vivek, whose last name I can never pronounce. Among others. Uh, Pence will be on the program tomorrow. He's asked to come on. I said, sure. And there are more. But Chris Christie isn't in this race to become president of the United States. He's in this race to either get a rhino nominated or, frankly, to support Joe Biden. That's what he's doing. So he'll defend Christopher Ray. He'll defend what's taking place in Mar-a-Lago. He'll trash Trump, and he spends 90% of his time doing that. 5% trashing DeSantis. The other 5% eating donuts. Now that aside, we have this event on Capitol Hill. And Christopher Ray and those reporting on it, many of them, want you to believe that the FBI is doing just fine. Now, the FBI has been monitoring many of you, and you don't even know it. The FBI was involved in the raid on President Trump's home. The raid on Mr. Houck's home. Remember him? The pro-lifer had seven little kids. The FBI has been involved in monitoring parents who are at school board meetings. And we can go on and on and on. Everything's not hunky-dory over there. And the over 300-page dorm report is so incredible in its details of what the FBI has been up to. Now, to say, well, Christopher Ray has put in all these reforms means nothing. They haven't gone away. Maybe some of the names have changed, some of the faces have changed, but the mentality has not changed, which is why the mad dog, Jack the Ripper Smith, has gotten away with what he's gotten away with. Now, Chris Ferre has defended much of the past, that they don't collude with social media. Sure they do. One of the questions that may have been asked, but I didn't hear it, is, Mr. Ray, are you going to enforce the Attorney General's memo on on parents at school board meetings? But there's a piece here at Right Scoop. Twitter files, here's exactly why a federal judge blocked Biden administration from colluding with big tech. But Christopher Ray just told us they don't. Now we know they do. Matt Taibbi's back. He just posted today a new Twitter files exposing exactly why Judge Dowdy in Louisiana, my hero judge, issued his injunction. In short, the FBI moved to get three accounts banned by Twitter on a whim. And Twitter quickly acquiesced. Now, who was the FBI director during the pandemic? Christopher Ray, Not Comey. Christopher Ray. He was. And so, what do we have here in terms of what Taibbi is saying? Let me pull it up here. Here's the email. Elvis Chan is the in San Francisco FBI. Hi, Elvis, writes Monty, whose counterintelligence division 
Foreign Influence Task Force Global Unit. The following three accounts are not only believed to be associated with foreign influence actors, but also potentially being used to display information that violates Twitter's terms of service. Mentions them. When available, can you provide these accounts to Twitter for further review? Final disposition, in addition, if Twitter could notify us of any actions taken as a result of this referral, that would be greatly appreciated. Please let me know if you have any questions. Now, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Our FITF Global Unit sold these accounts and wanted to bring them to your attention. Please take whatever actions, if any, you deem appropriate. Thanks, Elvis. It's not Elvis Presley, by the way. Hi, Elvis. I hope all is well. As of June 23, 2020, the content associated with the Twitter account that they mentioned appeared to still be accessible. Since the account was originally referred to Twitter on June 11th for possible terms of service violations, I wanted to follow up to see if this account was truly suspended. In addition, I also wanted to reach out to see if Twitter's investigation into the three accounts, one of them is the POTUS box, allowed them to identify any other linked accounts that were ultimately suspended due to their similar terms of service violations. From y'all Roth over at Twitter. Thanks, Stacy. Hi, Elvis and team. Wanted to briefly follow up on this one following our review. First, I want to apologize for any confusion here. A tooling bug on our end resulted in one of the accounts not being correctly enrolled in our authenticity checks, which is why you saw it stay online even after the others came down. We fixed the issue. Well, what do we know about this? That neither the FBI nor Twitter knew if these accounts were actually malign. As Tybee puts it, one of the three was from Canada. The FBI had no idea, neither did Twitter, but they suspended it anyway. And Taibi says, is this sequence showing a censorship demand from a de facto superior or just a polite ask from a pal? You can judge for yourself. No, it's a demand by the FBI. Three accounts taken out. They have no idea. None if those accounts were problematic or not. We know that one was not. It was out of Canada. It was not fronting for any hostile regime. And then Christopher Ray says, oh, we don't do that. That's June 11, 2020. Christopher Ray was director of the FBI. Wasn't he? You want to check that, Mr. Producer? I'm pretty sure he was. June 11, 2020. But don't worry, there's no problems anymore. The FBI doesn't do that. And don't worry, Chris, uh, uh, Chris Christie says all's well. How would Chris Christie know anything? He wouldn't. But all is not well. You saw, your eyes were wide open. What the FBI and the Department of Justice did with Trump. Yes, Christopher Ray was the FBI director. Yeah, he came in in 2017. Thank you, Rich. 2017. All this collusion that took place with Twitter and Facebook from mostly 2017, mid-2017 on, it was all on Christopher Ray's watch. Now, don't worry now. We've got it fully taken care of. 
2020. All the collusion. All the attacks. That took place. The FBI and so forth. Christopher Ray was director. I'm going to play some of this for you. So you can hear some of this, among other things, because it's really quite remarkable. But here's Chris Christie in responding to John Roberts on Fox. Cut one, go. What do you think of his tenure there? Has the FBI lost credibility? And do you believe that the reforms that Ray insists that he has implemented will fix the problems that the FBI has had in the last few years? I think they are starting to fix those problems. Really? And what are those reforms, big boy? What are they? Can you name 10 of them? Go ahead. About today. Look, um, I've known Chris for a long time. We worked together in the Bush Justice Department. That's all that matters. He worked with Ray in the Bush Justice Department. So Ray's cool, dude. That's all. Go ahead. Period, and he did an extraordinary job. And yeah, I did recommend him to President Trump, and I'm proud that I did. Those things that they were talking about today. Such a slob. Go ahead. ...made this point over and over again are all things from when Jim Comey, Eric Holder... Hello, Loretta- dummy. That's why I just went back. He was there in 2017. These things are not all Comey. They're not all Loretta Lynch. They're not all Holder. These are... These are Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray was FBI director for three years when all these reforms went in place. And all this conspiring and collusion took place with his agents, counterintelligence, among others, and Twitter, and no doubt the other platforms. Now what do you say there, big boy? Go ahead. We're in charge of the Justice Department. Before he got put in charge, he fired the entire... He's a propagandist, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he is. So he could, he's, re, he's regurgitating what Christopher Ray's opening statement said. And there he is on Fox as the special pleader for Christopher Ray, as he's the special pleader against Trump. And he's not just on Fox. He's on CNN. He's on ABC. He's all over the place. Guy's supposed to be running for president. Christopher Ray is not a bad apple in the sense that Comey is. Christopher Ray is a willing stooge. He's a willing stooge. He's happy to work with a corrupt attorney general, a corrupt special counsel, a corrupt administration. He's not there to expose any of it. None of his so-called reforms have fixed any of it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals 
at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA, 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Governor DeSantis will be on the program next hour. I hear the criticism of this hearing today, which I thought was actually pretty good from a Republican perspective, the Republicans. Well, we didn't learn a whole lot. They didn't get very far. And I think to myself, well, whose fault is that? Christopher Ray is under oath, under penalty of perjury. He's the director of the FBI. He's supposed to sit his ass in that chair and answer questions forthrightly. But he didn't, and he won't. He won't even ask him, answer questions about past events and investigations. Including January 6th, whether there were any FBI moles. I can't get into that. Why can't you get into that? In fact, why can't every defendant or now individual who's been convicted, why can't they know? What's the big secret? We know so little about this government. Almost nothing about how it functions. 2020 election behind the scenes. Zuckerberg, $417 million. Nobody said a word. Why? Because they helped the Democrats. Democrat lawyers sleezing themselves all over one state to the next, changing election laws. Why wasn't there any comprehensive reporting on that other than me behind this microphone? I don't have an investigative team. Why is that? Tell me, how many harvested ballots were counted as opposed to regular ballots? We don't have the foggiest idea, and nobody wants to look. Don't look under the sheets. You won't like what you see. Says Mrs. Christie to Mr. Anyway, that's just me. She's not a Karen, is she, Mr. Producer? Might be. You never know. All right, when we come back, we've got some really good back and forth. It's not the Republicans' fault that the witness won't testify when he's called to testify. And you know that he's been prepped to play rope-a-dope. That's all they do. I'll be right back. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Today's hearing, House Judiciary Committee 
FBI Director Ray. Here's Jim Jordan. Cut five. Go. What's the difference between a traditional Catholic and a radical traditional Catholic? Uh, I'm not a, an expert on the, the Catholic uh, order. You know what that sounds like to me, that answer, Mr. Producer? <laughs> Can you define a woman? Anyway, go ahead. I wrote a memo talking about radical traditional Catholics. I'm just wondering if you can define it for us. Well, what I can tell you is you're referring to the Richmond product, which was a single product by a single field office, which as soon as I found out about it, I was aghast and ordered it withdrawn and removed from FBI systems. You were aghast. Then why won't you let us talk to the people who put it together? We are working on finishing an internal review into what happened We have there. to wait. The, we, the Congress, and the American people have to wait until you do an internal review. It's not a criminal investigation going on here. An internal review before we can talk to the people who wrote this? We, when we finish our internal review, which will be very soon, we will come, come back idea before how many the Catholics committee in America? and provide a briefing on what we found. Well, we appreciate the we briefing, can, but we want to talk to the people who wrote it. Any idea how can, many Catholics there are in America, Director? Uh, no, sir. There's a lot, over 60 million. What percentage of those are radical traditional Catholics, according to the Richmond field office of the FBI? Again, that product is not something that I will defend or excuse. It's something that I thought was appalling. Stop for a second. But it happened. And a lot of crap is happening in the FBI, despite all your reforms. That doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect record. But this is crazy stuff. This is a mentality that exists in your FBI, Mr. Director. And Jim Jordan asked you a perfectly legitimate question. You're doing an administrative review. Congress has a constitutional oversight, legislative responsibility. You're not even in the Constitution, let alone the FBI, let alone the Department of Justice. This is their obligation. And then you're going to give them a report? They don't want a report. They want direct testimony under oath under penalty of perjury, and you're obstructing it. You're not allowing it. Go ahead. That product, page four of that product. By the way, the copy you gave us, when can we get a copy that didn't have all these redactions on it? So we can actually see what the American taxpayers were paying for to see their rights, their First Amendment religious liberty rights attacked. Let me just read from page four. Provide new opportunities. Why are you redacting it? If you have to redact certain names of third parties who are innocent actors or not actors at all, that's fine. But what are you redacting it for? It's not even classified. In fact, it's not even part of an official investigation. It's a document that was created, a product. Don't you like the way they... It's a product. They came out of the Richmond office. Can we see the product? Sure. And there's black line after black line after black line. What's that all about? Can we talk to these individuals directly? I mean, we are Congress. No, we're doing an internal review. And after which, we'll give you a report that you can look at. So who reports to whom around here? Who has oversight of what? Go ahead. Extremist threat through outreach to traditional Catholic parishes and the development of sources with the placement and access to report on places of worship. You know where they got some of this from? The Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a rat nest. A rat nest, in my view, of hate America types. A rat nest of frauds, phonies, and fools. Go ahead. 
language for they're trying to put informants in the parish, in the church. That's what this memorandum said, Director, from one of your field offices. But you Chris Christie it- said there's reform. Yeah, Mark, but you know what? What? He killed it as soon as he found out. Oh, okay, good, good. That fixes it. How many agents are there? 30,000, something like that? 20,000, there's, there's a lot. How much of this is going on? They don't have the foggiest idea. None. But they know they want more agents. They want a building the size of the Pentagon. They want it in North Virginia. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Did it. Any response to that? I didn't know. I was waiting for the question. No, priest, do you think priests priest should be informants inside the church, director? We do not recruit, open, or operate confidential human sources to infiltrate, target, report. But that's not, uh, what, religious this, that's not what this said. It sounds like you were trying to do it in no, Richmond, Virginia. No, sir. No, sir. No, you weren't? This, this didn't happen? You can assure us that this that, didn't happen? That product did not, to as best as we can tell, result in any investigative action as a result of it. None. Now, as an aside, ladies and gentlemen, I know for a fact that undercover FBI agents in the past have been placed in radical mosques. So what is he talking about? And by the way, if you are preaching the overthrow of the United States or terrorism, whatever your faith, I don't have a problem with that, but that's not what this product said. It's stereotype traditional Catholics, that is, where you have part of the Mass in Latin. Wow, that's a threat. That's a grave threat. I wonder what Adam Schiff thinks about that one, huh? Or Hank Johnson, the utterly illiterate buffoon. I wonder what he thinks, yeah. We know what Chris Christie thinks. He doesn't care, Chris Christie. It's all great. I'm not done with this clown, Chris Christie. I'm not done with him. He, he represents to me the worst of the Republican Party, the absolute worst. He's a throwback. Not to the good old days, to the loser days. He's a throwback. Chip Roy, he steps up to Chris Ray. Cut six, go. Yeah, Do you approve of the raid now in retrospect? Well, Do you think it was appropriate? It's talking about the raid on Mark Houck's house that we broke here with the help of a Christian publication. A pro-lifer, you might recall, how his, his house was uh, invaded by a SWAT team sent there by the Department of Justice. The man was completely innocent. He's found innocent. He was charged with violating the FACE Act, which is intended to protect abortion clinics. I mean, the jury took, what, 13 seconds? That's what I mean by overcharging. But okay, Chris, Chris, Christie has no problem with this. Christopher Ray had to know this was going down. No big deal. Or what is it? Everybody's dumb? They have all these big positions? They don't know what the hell's going on? Go ahead. Do you experience. approve of the raid now in retrospect? Well, Do you think it was appropriate? It, Do you think it was appropriate for a father to have armed FBI agents along with local agents go to his home, arrest him at gunpoint for alleged violation of the FACE Act, 
a year after the alleged incident, after the father had said through his lawyer that he would appear voluntarily, do you believe that FBI agents should go to the home of a father in Philadelphia suburbs? I'm not going to second guess the judgment of the career agents on the ground who go. made the determination. Don't worry, everything's reformed now. It's all cool. He's not going to second guess. You know what that means? He didn't even look into it. He could care less what took place to Mr. Houck. He didn't even look in. This guy is complete Teflon. Like all the rest of them in the Department of Justice. Complete Teflon. No, almost like the Teflon Don. Go ahead. Job is to second guess and look at at what they are doing. Your job is to review what they do. Your job is to protect the American people from a tyrannical FBI storming the home of an American family. I could not disagree more with your description of the FBI as tyrannical. Uh, and you I don't think believe it. Excuse tyrannical. me. Excuse me, Mr. Director. Oh, they're angels than what they did. First of all, he didn't say the whole FBI was tyrannical. He's talking about this. He didn't even look into it, but don't worry. We've got everything's going great. Go ahead. That FBI agents were a part of storming a father's Time home the in suburban Philadelphia. I'm the gentleman, Chairman. Time of the gentleman's expired. Witness may respond, and then we'll move to our next witness. Sir, respectfully, uh, they did not storm his house. They came to his door. They knocked on his door and identified themselves. They asked him to exit. He did without incident. That's not what happened. It was without incident. But they entered his house. And those kids were screaming at the tops of their lungs. They didn't understand what the hell was taking place. And even people who watch TV drama, cops and so forth, they don't just, hello, are you there? Is Mr. Houck there, please? Yes, we'd like to speak to him, please. Can you step out? That's not how it works when you have a SWAT team. They scream at the top of their lungs, and I'm not opposed to it in most cases here, absolutely. Guns are drawn. They yell that they have a warrant for his arrest. It's not, they knocked on his door. Knock on his door. Can you imagine what that family went through? For what? For nothing, because of the politicized Department of Justice. We still have never gotten to the bottom of this. Who ordered this? They get this meritless garland up there, and they say, you got all these people you're prosecuting for protesting at abortion clinics. You have one case against the destruction of a church, a Catholic church, or so forth. Because it's nighttime, you know. When the, when the pro-lifers out, it's it's in day, daytime, you know. And they don't even call them pro-lifers, you know. When the white supremacists are out, it's it's uh, you know it's daytime. It's much harder at night. What are we spending hundreds of millions of dollars on night vision stuff and night helicopters and night this and night that? The hell! They need a bigger department. They need more. More agents. That's the answer. That's the answer. Now, Hank Johnson, he's at the oversight hearing. Amazing how the Democrats defend what's going on here. Because why? Why are they defending it? Because they've defeated, they've succeeded in devouring the FBI. And the U.S. Attorney's offices and the Department of Justice generally. They own it now. It's theirs. They succeeded. 
took decades, but they got it. And so they're now going to defend it, no matter what it does or how it does it. Same with their mouthpieces in the media. Look at all the Democrats in the media, like Jen Psaki, among so many others. They know the program. They know what's going on. Cut seven, go! Can you briefly describe for us what the effect would be on our national security and on our domestic tranquility if the FBI were to be defunded or dismantled? I don't know. Can you tell us what would happen with local police departments if that, if that happened? Does he sound like a robot or is it me? Can you tell us what would happen if you defunded, dismantled the local police forces? The FBI needs to be dismantled and put back together. Again, Humpty Dumpty's fallen off the wall. We cannot have a Stasi in this country. I don't care if Chris Christie defends it or not. He means nothing to me. He's a bloated buffoon. We cannot have a Stasi in this country. And the FBI has demonstrated already. It's enough. You look at the Durham report. It's over 300 pages. You get it on Amazon. I have it. And you look at the politicization. And in that report, example after example, name after name, detail after detail, that the FBI has been used against Trump. The FBI has been used against Republicans. The FBI has been used to protect Hillary. The FBI has been used to protect Democrats, and that's the same damn thing going on right now as I speak. So yes, you don't retain something like that that's a danger to your nation. You break it into a thousand pieces and you start over again. It's okay. Sometimes you have to do that. Don't you agree? I think I do agree. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Washington, D.C., some of it is built on a swamp. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So I was waiting for Hank Johnson to say, how many FBI agents would it take for part of Washington, D.C. to sink into the swamp? But he didn't say that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Matt Gates. I have to confess, I'm liking this guy more and more. I am. Listen, I tell you when I have a view and when it but it might change or might not based on circumstances or substance or events and so forth. Here he is with Chris Ray at the House Oversight Hearing today. Cut nine, go. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain. 
that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not and has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. It really is. The idea that this guy worked with Chris Christie, the Department of Justice, that needs to be looked into. I have a working theory on this. I wonder if they were in charge of the the Pornography Commission, Mr. Producer. But seriously, you can't answer that question? Does that look like a shakedown to you? He's not going to. FBI director is uncurious. He's even incurious, as far as I can tell. Now we have Christopher Wade uh, with respect to uh, Congressperson Tiffany. Go! Eight. So as a result of the actions of James Comey, the disgraced James Comey, and the FBI, they've interfered... I meant Tom Tiffany. Good guy. Start over. Sorry. So as a result of the actions of James Comey, the disgraced James Comey, and the FBI, they've interfered with the elections in both 2016 and 2020. Will that interference happen again in 2024 by the FBI? The FBI is not going to be interfering in elections. They did in 2016. Well, I... I don't know that that's what Mr. Durham found. What I would tell you again is that it was conduct that I consider unacceptable and unrepresentative. You can be in denial if you want to. I'm not in Uh, denial, sir. You can be in denial on this. Yes, you are. That's exactly what happened. And they're interfering right now. Hey, we just got it started here. We're hot to trot. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's dip in a little bit more. There's a lot of other things going on, of course, but here we are. Uh, Governor DeSantis will be on the program in what, Rich, about 10 or 15 minutes? So Matt Gates again, grilling Christopher Ray. Cut 13, go. How many... Illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI. Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, 
more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the Inspector General? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, a correct characterization of the Inspector General's... No, it's 100% uh, correct, because we've seen it, too, and we've reported it here. A million errors. A million. That's, by the way, that is a crap load of monitoring. Go ahead. At moments, but, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. W- would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you- a number you should know. How many times <laughs> the FBI is breaking the law under yeah. your watch? Yeah, let's pretend it's 197,000. Does that... Does that make you happy? What have you done? Chris Christie will tell us you have all kinds of reforms in place. What are they, big boy? What are they, Hindenburg? He has no friggin' idea. He's a, he's a gas bag is what he is. But I do want to play another Democrat, Jamie Raskin, Mr. Former Constitutional Professor, George Washington University. Been on all the impeachments on Trump. He challenged at least one election. I think it was Trump's first, or 2016. But I think he was also involved in charging in uh, in challenging George W. Bush. But let's take a listen, shall we? Cut 14, go. Ben Cardin, who is the senator from your state, has announced he will not be seeking re-election. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, but, 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 but. Let's, let's kill that. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. That's something I don't care about. Jamie Raskin deciding not to run for the Senate in Maryland. I meant to go to Kevin McCarthy on Capitol Hill with reporters yesterday. This is important for all of us to understand that there's really one group of people in Washington, D.C. In one branch of the Congress with a minuscule majority. Five. Five. We're trying to get to the bottom of this totalitarian regime and this totalitarian party, the Democrat Party, and what they've done. They're trying to get to the bottom of it. They're not getting any help from McConnell. None. Now let's take a look. Here's McCarthy. Cut 15. Go. I think what we have to first do is bring those people into the room. Find out who's telling the truth and who's not. Did Garland lie to the American public and lie to Congress and Senate when he said that David Weiss could be a special prosecutor, that David Weiss, if he wanted to bring prosecute anybody in any jurisdiction, he could do it? Now, why is something said differently inside a meeting of six people? Why was the document, when the whistleblower about Hunter, about at the time Vice President Biden, the 1023, why wasn't that provided to the IRS? There's a lot of questions here that continue to rise from every time and more you look at it. I think for the American public, you should look at all of it. I never prejudge anything else, but when you have questions like this, I think they need to be answered. I don't predetermine what the answers are, but I think the American public has a right to know. None of these investigations would be going on without his say-so. I know for a fact McConnell has killed investigations of Biden or refused to spend money in these various committees. He interfered with Ron Johnson, as an example. 
which is why Ron Johnson, a great senator, great senator, is no great fan of Mitch McConnell. We wouldn't know any of this. So it's a tiny majority in the House, which is why they're going to target these House members, try and take them out. You think they care about that Republican House member? What is his name? Out of New York. Ethics complaints filed again. What is, I don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. Guy's a uh, walking, tossing uh, ethical disaster, much like Soda Sotomayor. And so you need to get rid of him. There's Romney. You need to get rid of him. You got a five Republican majority in the House. You get rid of him, you just lost 20% of your majority. Let the Democrats get rid of Swalwell. Let them get rid of Schiff. Let them get rid of uh, Talib, the bigot anti-Semite, or Omar, same thing. But no, they're not going to do that. Cut 16, go. Weiss does not come before us and talk to us. Weiss wrote a letter that even raises more questions. You had six people in a room who some are saying something different that have no philosophical bent one way or another, concerned about equal justice coming before the Ways and Means Committee. And it's interesting now, even that it wasn't just said in the meeting, they took notes and they sent it back. It was so questionable when he said that he couldn't become a special prosecutor that he got asked a question back because the individual knew how important that was. So I would think even you as a reporter would have that question as well. I think everybody in the American public does as well. Finally, cut 17. Go. Why is he going to talk about it because it's an ongoing investigation? Well, he's going to have to. And what are you going to do? I, th- I think you cannot sit back and hide behind and have an adjour- attorney general say one thing. You say something else in private. What do you have to hide? Wouldn't you first and foremost, why would you wait so long to respond even? If you knew this was a question, if you knew because of the attorney that you were, because you worked for the attorney general and others, and that it would rise to such a constitutional question, why wouldn't you step out the first day and say, I got nothing to hide. Let's talk about what was said. This was right or this was wrong. Why do you want to mince words inside a letter itself and be delayed? That just raises more issues. You know, uh, Notice the reporters are trying to figure out how to circle the wagon around this guy, David Weiss. Problem is, you have these these career professionals out of the IRS, including a top guy. Who says, look, I took notes, contemporaneous notes. Here they are. And says, not only did I hear it, I, I went back and I asked him again and he, he reiterated it. And not only that. There were people with me who will, collaborate, who will corroborate what I said. That's pretty, uh, pretty overwhelming, don't you think, folks? Yeah, I think so. And as for this cocaine in the White House, I think they know who did it. But I will tell you this. You want to get to the bottom of it? I'm afraid the FBI isn't going to do it because they're not going to let them do it. Secret Service, well, they know. But you know who they report to. Send in the NYPD, Mr. Producer. New York Police Department. They have to deal with cocaine drops and all kind of stuff all the time. I suspect they'd be able to figure it out in no time at all. But I do have another question. Will the Secret Service be permitted to question 
individuals, not because they know that they did it, but that they've been in an environment like this or that they've used this stuff before or that they may know somebody who did. In other words, will the Secret Service be able to question Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, any of them? Will they be able to question any of the relatives of the people who went in? The chief of staff's people? In other words, I'm going to tell you they're not going to be able to question everybody. Any more than the IRS was able to really dig into Hunter Biden. They were blocked by the mob lawyer over there. You know, Merrick Garland. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know a company is looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. It also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. And make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Welcome back, America. We're here with one of my, my good friends, one of the great statesmen in the country, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. How are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, uh, Governor, I don't know, you're on the campaign trail, and you're also back in Florida governing, and... Uh, I don't know if you caught a glimpse of this hearing with the FBI director, Ray, who kind of does this rope-a-dope all the time. What did you make of this? Well, Mark, I've said very clearly since day one that I launched my campaign for president uh, January 20th, 2025. Uh, as soon as I get sworn in, there will be a new director of the FBI. Uh, this is insane what's been going on. Uh, I saw it. I thought it was disgraceful. So we clearly need new leadership there. I mean, we need to clean house far beyond that. But that has got to be one every presidential candidate acknowledges he's failed. And we need to have somebody new in there. And I've said that from day one. And, you know, they talk about Comey's watch. A lot of this is happening now on Ray's watch. Um, them working with uh, social media to censor people who they disagree with and so forth. Ray's been there since 2017. Last time I checked, the pandemic wasn't in 2017, Governor. No, exactly. I mean, he, you know, Comey obviously needed to be fired. I mean, I advise uh, then President Trump to do it on day one. He didn't. He eventually did it, you know, many months later. And it was, uh, uh, it was an overdue decision, but, but Comey needed to go. And there was huge politicization and corruption that had developed under Comey's watch. And if you look at it today, you cannot say that it's gotten better. And as you point out, it's gotten worse in some respects, because I don't even think under Comey, the FBI was working with 
a big tech to censor uh, dissent and to stifle speech. Uh, they did do that under Christopher Ray. They did it with the Hunter Biden stuff in the election, and they did it not just the FBI, but Fauci and the rest of them with respect to censoring COVID dissent. And oh, by the way, the COVID dissenters were right, uh, like what we did in Florida and what people like Bhattacharya at Stanford were saying from the beginning. So uh, it's totally out of control, and uh, you need a, a major, major overhaul. And that's uh, what, we, what we'll be pledged to do on day one. I sit here and I rack my brain. If I were you, how I would respond to some of these these people and these attacks. Uh, some of them, obviously, you don't want to reach down too far. You got a guy like Chris Christie who seems to be in it to uh, try and torpedo you and Trump and get Biden elected. Uh, you have others also who are conducting themselves this way. Um, and then, of course, you have the radical media uh, trying to scuttle your campaign uh, people telling you you haven't run the campaign properly. It's a very complicated campaign cycle. and uh, But you have the usual backstabbers coming out, no? Well, here's the thing, Mark. Uh, when the media is stressing so hard to attack me and to try to act like, you know, we're, we haven't done this well or that well. The only reason they're doing it is because they do not want me to be the Republican nominee. Why? because they know I will beat Biden, but even more importantly than that, they know they would end up with eight years uh, of somebody who's going to come in and spit nails and actually get all this stuff done. They do not want the administrative state brought to heel. They don't want the invasion at our southern border stopped. They don't want the Green New Deal and Bidenomics reversed. They don't want any of that. And so they understand. And, and a lot of times on some of these shows, they will be honest and say, you know, we fear Governor DeSantis more than anybody. So that's what this is motivated for. And so, look, when, when this stuff happens, that's just part of the process. But when you're getting attacked, you're over the target. And if I wasn't a threat to these people, they would ignore me. And the fact that they're not only attacking me, they're attacking my wife, who you know um, uh, personally, and is just a great woman and a great first lady, but she's out there talking about an issue that's very important, parents' rights and protecting our children, making sure the education system aren't indoctrinating kids with left-wing ideology. We've gotten that done in Florida. Uh, not many people have been able to pull that off in other parts of the country. We're going to get that done nationwide. But she's raising concerns that not just Republican parents have, independent and Democrat parents. When we fought Disney over the parents' rights bill uh, to keep the sexuality and the gender ideology out of, out of the schools, the elementary schools at the time, uh, the media went crazy, the left went crazy, Disney went crazy, but even Democrat parents were with us on that, so they understood. So the media sees Casey out there, and they recognize people love her. She resonates with women. She resonates with parents. So what are they going to do? They don't want that to happen. So they attack her and they try to smear her. And so she and I both understand that some of these attacks are really a badge of honor. I mean, if MSNBC is taking time out of their day to constantly attack me, even attack my wife, you know, that shows you who they're concerned about. Because if you look at what we've done in Florida, taking a state that was evenly divided politically, winning by 20, turning it into a red state, but then delivering on every big conservative issue from illegal immigration uh, to having budget surpluses to fighting ESG, fighting the woke, all that stuff. 
they see the writing on the wall. If we're able to do that nationally, then uh, Katie bar the door, and they know that they will not uh, be enjoying that. So it's all part of the process, but I think it's confirmation that people realize we're a threat. Let's talk about the culture wars. We have these Republican establishment candidates. Most of them are for the Northeast, let's be honest, where they... They pretty much are just handling their states, getting ready to hand it over to Democrats. And they seem like you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Now, you've walked and chew gum at the same time to Florida. You can't ignore the culture wars, as you've pointed out before, that involves our children and our families and our way of life. It's not, it's not just something to blow off. And you deal with the economic issues and the safety issues and the so forth. You've got to do all these things. But you have a kamikaze candidate out there whose name shall be uh, kept quiet because I don't want to embarrass you. But he's a kamikaze candidate. And he says, basically, when it comes to these battles over um, uh, over sex and little kids and so forth and so on, the conservative position is to leave it to parents and to stay out of it. Am I missing something? Don't we taxpayers pay for these schools? Don't. Don't people have to send their kids to those schools if they have no alternatives? Is this candidate saying, and he's saying, don't do anything? Yeah, exactly, Mark. These parents are sending their kids to school in parts of the country, and their kids are being indoctrinated. You have first graders being told that they may be born in the wrong body, and they may be a different gender. You have places in Florida, we actually, part of the reason we did our parents' rights in education, you know, we had a girl uh, who went to school and the administrators and teachers transitioned her, quote-unquote, behind her mother's back. Her mother became a friend of ours, and she became an activist for this bill. So this is just outrageous. That violates the rights of parents. That violates the freedom that Americans have to raise their kids with the values that they see fit. Schools serve an important purpose, private schools, charter schools, and school districts, but they do not supersede the rights of parents. Uh, And I think when you say that you're just not going to do it and let the indoctrination continue, uh, you cannot have a healthy economy uh, if you allow the education system to be corrupted with no pushback. And I honestly, Governor, I'm tired of these Republicans who define conservatism in any truly perverse way and will not use their power to pull back government that is abusing our children. More with Governor DeSantis in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. You know what companies looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk. That also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're back with Governor DeSantis, and as I've said many, many times, when you look at the field, 
Everybody knows about Donald Trump. Everybody does not know about every other candidate in this race other than Ron DeSantis. Now, why do they know about Ron DeSantis? Because I call him America's governor. Every Republican outside of Florida wishes DeSantis was their governor. And I dragged my family and myself into Florida. I didn't really drag, Governor. I sprinted, actually, uh, (laughs) to take advantage of like a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So when you're running, and then I got to hear from this guy from New Jersey who didn't change a damn thing, or I got to hear the guy from Arkansas, I don't even know what he's running for, and go on and on and on. It really is amazing to me. All right, let me ask you a question. The United States military, we are not meeting our recruiting numbers. It's an all-voluntary force. And they blame everything but what they're doing. What are they doing, Governor, that's preventing us from meeting our numbers? They're letting the institution be corrupted with social experimentation and woke ideology. Mark, I joined after 9-11. I had opportunities. I was a blue-collar kid growing up, minimum wage jobs. My parents worked hard, but I had never really made any money. I was kind of in a position to make some money. 9-11 happened. I was like, you know what? i got to serve. So I volunteered to serve, volunteered, served in Iraq, uh, did some other stuff. And you get a sense of pride being able to wear that flag uh, on your uniform, uh, being able to wear the cloth of your country, serving alongside fellow patriots. I think a lot of veterans feel that way. And yet now, for the first time in my life, Veterans come up to me all the time, and they say, I don't know if I'd want my kids or grandkids joining today's military because of all the stuff that's going on. Recruiting is at a post-Vietnam low. When I was in Fallujah in the height of the Iraq War, we still had people willing to join the Marines and the Army, knowing they would get sent to Iraq, and they were still willing to serve. Now, it's very difficult to get people to serve. They've driven awful lot of good warriors, partially with this. I also think the vax mandates really hurt uh, the military because it was totally unscientific and unjustifiable. So they lost good people from that. And so now you're in a situation, how are we going to be able to deter China uh, from dominating the world uh, if we don't have a fighting force that has high morale and that is really focused on the mission? So we're going to be doing a, an announcement on what we're going to be doing to, uh, to combat that very soon. But at the end of the day, day one, commander-in-chief, we're going to rip all the politicization and all the Biden agenda out of the military, uh, and we're going to restore it uh, to its proper function. And morale will increase, and recruiting will increase as a result of that. You know, Governor, you're one of the few candidates, you might be the only candidate, who keeps warning about Iran, that Iran's on the precipice of having nuclear weapons, putting them on ICBMs, which will change the whole geopolitical nature of the world, let alone the region. You're banging the pots and pans on a fairly regular basis. Most are not. Uh, You can see that our ally Israel has to gear up and prepare for what may be a war. And the Biden administration, now, three or four days in a row, Governor, has leaked stuff to Thomas Friedman, as you know, he's a, he's a reprobate, and others at the New York Times, of all places, trashing the Netanyahu government and the Israelis. Shouldn't we be working with them to try and figure out how to deal with the Iranians? It's, it's just outrageous. I mean, and it's all political. Uh, you know, they don't like Bibi, quite frankly, because he's a conservative. They're wading into internal 
Israeli matters like the judicial reform, totally inappropriate for us to be sticking our beak into that. These are This is a, a first-rate, very smart people in that country. They can figure that out. And so this is part and parcel. At the end of the day, Biden wants to resurrect the Obama-Iran policy. Uh, he wants to empower Iran, and they think that that's good policy, and it's not. And so you know, we should be turning the screws on the Iranians, turning the screws on that regime. When Obama did the Iran deal, they used that money exactly as people like you and I predicted. They used it to fund terrorism throughout the Middle East, uh, and that's, that's their, their, their number one goal. And I think in terms of how crazy the regime is, they would absolutely, if they thought they could get away with it, you know, launch a, launch an attack, a nuclear attack on Israel, even knowing they could face uh, a, a reprisal because they, they would think that that's worth it. So it's a very dangerous regime, and we should be doing all we can to, to deny them the ability to have a nuclear weapon. Let me ask you this, Governor. I've known you quite a bit. You, uh, you were a congressman, obviously, from uh, Florida. You've been a conservative really your entire life. You were a conservative from the moment Adam Laxalt told me, you got to endorse this guy. He's running for Congress in there in Florida. I said, I don't even know who he is. He said, no, no, you got to take my word. He's a good guy. He's a former roommate of yours. And he said, while, I, while you're at it, you need to talk about your former boss, Ed Meese. And we both endorsed you. And I got to know you a little bit when you were on Capitol Hill. Um, and you have not changed your principles do you think the country, and in many ways the Republican Party, is catching up with with your viewpoints and so forth? I, I mean, I read, almost I laugh, I read, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis has to figure out who he is and what lane he has to follow and all that. And I, th- I know Ron DeSantis knows who he is. How do you want to respond to that? Yeah, no, it's just, it's just typical narratives. Um, you know, the principles that you and I believe in and your listeners believe in, Mark, they're enduring principles. Uh, they're as relevant today as they were in 1776 or 1787 when the Constitution was created, uh, because ultimately it's a conception of freedom, liberty, God-given rights, and human nature and the proper role of government. And so, yeah, obviously you have to apply that to new situations, and our society today is much different than the society that confronted our founders or that confronted Abraham Lincoln or Calvin Coolidge or even President Reagan. Uh, But the reality is uh, you have that foundation, and and that's just who I am. Like Popeye said, I am what I am. And and you got to apply that in ways that are that are protecting the li- liberty and and the well being of your citizens. And we have done that, and we've been unwavering um, in trying to do that. And I reject the idea of lanes or this or that. Mark, I govern as 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 governor in bold colors, not pale pastels. Even my critics would acknowledge that. And yet we were able to attract people. Some were conservative. We attracted moderates. We attracted independents. We attracted. Democrats. I even had people who voted for Bernie Sanders vote for me for re-election because they liked the fact that I saved their job during COVID or prevented them from being forced to take a COVID shot that they didn't want to. And so I think that, at the end of the day, is proof that when you are bold, when you're rooted in the fundamental principles that matter and you apply those in ways that are be effective, it's actually very popular. 
And you actually can get people that there. And if you think back, you know, who has won the biggest election for Republicans in the last 40 years was Ronald Reagan. You know, and I would say he was the most philosophically conservative candidate we ran, you know, over that period of time. And he attracted a whole bunch of people. That's exactly what we did in the state of Florida. It's not this lane or that lane. It's a broad appeal to a cross section of the Republican Party, but also a cross section of the overall electorate. Is it difficult or certainly more difficult to get across your message, your personality, and so forth to the rest of the country when you have a Democrat Party media that is so thoroughly corrupt and some conservative media that have picked this candidate or that candidate and, uh, and also make it difficult? It, it, is, is it difficult to get your message out? Well, look, I mean, we're, when, when, we, when we have opportunities to do it, I think we do an effective job at it. Some of that is just personal one-on-one meetings in Iowa, New Hampshire, these places. We're doing that. We're going to do a lot more over the next six, seven months. Um, we are also going to start actually putting money behind messages and crafting that so people are receiving that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the media attacks from corporate media, uh, I think most Americans at this point don't trust them. And what I've found is, you know, they'll try to kind of smear you. But then when average Americans just hear you from the horse's mouth, they're like, this guy makes sense, and we do very well. I think on the conservative media side, I mean, until about six months ago, I was universally acknowledged to be an outstanding conservative governor. Um, And I know people have financial interests or this or that or whatever rooting interest, uh, but the reality is I think conservative voters know that I'm a strong leader uh, and I share their values and I've delivered big results. And so at the end of the day, you you get in these primary situations. I think sometimes people can embarrass themselves because if you're for a candidate, fine. Uh, but if you're trying to say somehow like that, I'm not, uh, you know, a strong conservative. I mean, that's just laughable. I mean, I don't know that you could have had a governor uh, over the last five years that produced more big conservative wins than we have in the state of Florida. No, they're projecting a narrative as well. So if people want to go to your main website and see what's going on, where do they go? rondesantis.com rondesantis.com uh we'd love to have your support uh every little bit helps and we have a huge army of people that have contributed we want to keep building it uh there also there's also information about what we're up to including our border plan that we announced a few weeks ago uh, we're going to be very tough on the border we're going to finally put this issue to bed once and for all and that includes empowering both the border patrol and military to use deadly force at the border against these drug cartels that are killing americans by the tens of thousands they try to break into this country with fentanyl they're going to end up stone cold dead you know i meant to get into that i ran out of time but it was hilarious the wall street journal editorial in response to you <laughs> where it said something you know ron descent been doing great except on this issue now he's kind of stepped in it do you know that in 2002 the wall street journal editorial said they wanted an amendment to the constitution that's five words i think they did it on july 4th or right after july 4th. Thou shall have open borders. Did you know that? Yeah, it's it's totally unacceptable, Mark. And I mean, we're seeing a lot of the problems for what's happening. Uh, we obviously have situations where states like California are providing benefits, um, you know, to illegal aliens in Florida. We don't do that. In fact, we just said, you know, no out-of-state licenses are recognized. We don't issue out licenses in Florida, but that, and we've really, you know, gotten strong on that to try to protect our population. But you're not a country without borders. 
you got to have borders. And I think some of this is, you know, there are business interests out there that just want to import cheap foreign workers uh, to be able to undercut the wages of Americans. And I don't think that that's good policy for the United States. No, and there's plenty of it here already, certainly over the last two years, Governor. Well, Governor, I want to thank you. Wish you well on the campaign trail. My best to the First Lady of Florida, who is absolutely fantastic. And God bless you, sir. Okay, God bless, Mark. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, be well. He's a great guy. I've known him a long time. Absolutely great guy. We'll have more candidates on. You know, I do have a requirement, Mr. Producer. you got to be above 1%. Otherwise, what's the point? You'll come on my show and you'll get 5% right away. No, no, no. We're not doing that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what company's looking for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it? This is great news and for new and current Pure Talk customers. Pure Talk just added data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increase whatsoever. Now, if you've considered Pure Talk before but haven't pulled the trigger, take a look again. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk text and a 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Just 20 bucks a month, folks. This is why I love Pure Talk that also happens to be veteran-owned and only hires the best customer service team right here in America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast and make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. I want to tell you what Joe Biden is now trying to do to circumvent the Supreme Court's decision on the student loan matter. You know, people are charged with crimes over little things. Over really little things. Well, you know, you shouldn't have that document. Excuse me, I'm the former president of the United States. No, we want it back. We might sell it to the enemy. Huh? We want it back. Well, Clinton had classified information in the sock drawers, and the Obama judge said that was okay. No, no, but you're not Clinton. And I'm not an Obama judge. But the big violations of law, the big violations of the Constitution are happening every day in the Biden administration. The Supreme Court said Biden does not have the power under the Constitution in the executive branch, in so many words, to make laws. He's the executive. He executes. So Biden and his team have come up with a plan to get around the Supreme Court decision. To basically force you to still subsidize these individuals who took out these massive loans. And by the way, they didn't ask you whether they should. So what I want to do is when we come back, I want, I want to walk through this, among other things, with you. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Biden plan cuts student loan payments from millions to zero. Will it be the next court fight? So in other words, they go around the back door. They still don't have the constitutional authority to do this. And all they do is play catch me if you can. Because they know how long it takes to get a case before the Supreme Court and whether the court even wants to take this up again would be a big question. But in the meantime, What's going on here, ladies and gentlemen, is brazen. They are stealing your tax money to buy votes. It's pure and simple. They are stealing your tax money to buy votes. Nobody is telling you in the Biden administration that we're going to have a mortgage safety net, quote unquote, where you don't have to pay $1 back in your mortgage payments, Mr. Producer. Are you getting that? Are those of you with car loans? Are those of you who have your own trucks and pay a fortune every month for your trucks? Are people who have to purchase equipment? They are targeting specifically a demographic that produces enormous numbers of votes for them, in particular in battleground states, with your money. Now, this is corruption. This is unconscionable. And yet it's legal. That is, it's not a crime, even though it's unconstitutional. And this is what the Democrats do. They're turning us into a crap country. Joe Biden has spent the last week attacking the state of Israel and Netanyahu over judicial reforms. Because they have a Supreme Court in Israel... That's like the old Stalinist Politburo. And even thinks like it. It's in every aspect of the civil society there. Every aspect of the culture. Every aspect of national security. There's no boundaries for this court. Because they don't have a constitution in Israel. They have what they call basic laws. And guess who decides what the basic laws are? The court. Guess who decides who sits on the court when there's a retirement? The court and their equivalent of the ABA. It's an incestuous 
tyrannical situation. It undermines their democracy there, their parliamentary system with the Knesset. And so when the conservatives win, just like here in this country, they lose. Because they're blocked virtually on every path by this court. Because they seize power, 15 of them. Now we have a court. Don, uh, uh, excuse me. Joe Biden likes the court in Israel. He likes the radical left Marxist court in Israel. So he wants to protect it. He's in, literally interfering in the domestic affairs of another country. He and his State Department and the Democrats always use the White House and the State Department to trash the Jews. I'm just being honest. These Jews are in Israel. Now, they like Jews who come to them on their knees, as Menachem Begin refused to do. They like those kinds of Jews. In fact, they like those kinds of Gentiles. But in Netanyahu, they're not going to get it. So he interferes in the reforms of the judicial system in Israel, which has absolutely nothing to do with us. Zero. Zero. And yet he defies a Supreme Court in the United States. And then he gets the backing of Thomas L. Friedman of the New York Times. Remember that a-hole? This guy marries into a billionaire family. He lives in a 12,000 square foot home in Bethesda, Maryland, one of the most expensive places in the country. On seven acres. So nobody can bother him. He's a secularist. He's a self-hater. And so what does Biden do? What do his people do? They leak to this guy. Who's written column after column after column over the last 15 or more years. Trashing the Likud party. Trashing the conservatives. And, of course, trashing Netanyahu. He's got one today. The U.S. reassessment of Netanyahu's government has begun. Who gave him that? Biden. His people. This guy's a Benedict Arnold. A Benedict Arnold. In so many ways. So what is Biden doing? Starting this summer, writes the Associated Depressed, millions of Americans with student loans will be able to enroll in a new repayment plan that offers some of the most lenient terms ever. Interest won't pile up as long as borrowers make regular payments. Millions of people will have monthly payments reduced to zero. Millions will have monthly payments reduced to zero. You're basically wiping out their debt. In as little as 10 years, any remaining debt will be canceled. How does this not violate the Constitution and the Supreme Court? You don't hear a single voice call for his impeachment. You don't hear a single Democrat objecting to this. Trump broke the law. We got to get Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. This is a crook. This guy's corrupt. He's corrupt at every level. Petty larceny all the way to the Constitution of the United States. How many have heard 
anybody talk about this issue today. Nobody is. Why? It's not flashy. It's known as the SAVE plan. They give it all these fancy names, you know, like the People's Republic of China, which, of course, is not. It's known as the SAVE plan, and although it was announced last year, it has mostly been overshadowed by President Joe Biden's proposal for mass student loan cancellation. But now, after the Supreme Court struck down Biden's forgiveness plan, the repayment option is taking center stage. Since the ruling, Biden has proposed an alternative approach to cancel debt and also shifted attention to the lesser-known initiative, calling it the most affordable repayment plan ever. He's so proud of how he screws you and spends your money. The typical borrower who enrolls in the plan will save $1,000 a month. You know what I would do? If it involved my family and so forth, I would sue under the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. People who are in similar situations who have participated in the same or at least similar programs are being treated unequally. Not based on income. Not based on any legitimate factor. And it doesn't always have to be race, by the way. Or sex and the rest. They're being treated differently. Those of you who've paid down your student loans, you've gotten loans from the government or whatever, the government insures the loans, however it works, any government connection. You're not being treated the same as these people are. You have an equal protection claim. I wonder what the former federal prosecutors think. Republicans have fought against this plan, saying it oversteps the president's authority. Senator Bill Cassidy the ranking Republican on Health, Education, Labor, and Pension Committee called it deeply unfair to the 87% of Americans who don't have student loans. It's also deeply unconstitutional. It's also deeply defiant against the Supreme Court of the United States. The CBO previously estimated over the next decade the plan would cost $230 billion, a.k.a. a quarter of a trillion which will be even higher now that the forgiveness plan has been struck down. Estimates from researchers at the University of Penn put the cost at $361 billion, over a third of a trillion. Yeah, that needs to be challenged because this is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, all right. We move along. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. Peter froze at the exactly the wrong time here. I'm trying to get into this. Anyway, they leaked this story to Thomas Friedman. And they do this a lot for the Iran deal. And I wrote about this at some length. The Obama people were leaking all over to the media and they were gobbling up about how Iran had a moderate president now and they knew it was a lie, but they read it anyway. The story behind Thomas Friedman has been alive for a long time. You might recall Rush used to mock him as Thomas L. Friedman. 
a commentary back in 1990. 23 years ago, had this guy's number. It's a letter to the magazine from Brandeis to Jerusalem. This is going to be read in part by me to you just to show you how corrupt the media really are, including how intellectually club Friedman is. In his review of Thomas Friedman's From Beirut to Jerusalem, Daniel Pipes properly chastises Friedman for his superficial, even misguided, illusions about Israel. But beneath these apparently innocent illusions is the autobiographical myth of Thomas Friedman. He's a fraud. Abetted by credulous colleagues who have swallowed his autobiographical pronouncements whole, Friedman has created a myth of personal disillusionment with Israel that is designed to lend credibility to his indictment of the Jewish state and not incidentally to conceal its ideological sources. As Friedman writes and frequently reiterates, his is the story of, quote, a Jew who was raised on all the myths about Israel, who goes to Jerusalem in the 1980s and discovers that it isn't the summer camp of his youth. Gullible interviewers have embellished the tale, one of them breathlessly anticipating Friedman's third Pulitzer Prize, listened deferentially to Friedman's recount his much deeper identification with Israel after the Six-Day War, as the Jewish state became a symbol of my own identity, he said. Friedman's faith in Israel's moral rectitude endured, he claimed, until his, quote, experiences as a reporter in the Middle East finally undermined it 15 years later. Now you know why he writes for the New York Times. Then, according to another interviewer who was fascinated by his lost illusion, Friedman experienced a remarkable transformation, indeed a personal crisis. He watched in Israel he had deeply believed in, while in high school and college, recede from gilded, heroic, mythological shadows of bleak re- to bleak reality. In fact, Friedman had invented at least the timing of his conversion story <clears throat> while remaining silent about the indisputable evidence of his own political bias, bias that long antedated his journalistic career. If he actually did plunge into a gush mine of crisis and transformation, It occurred well before he went to the Middle East as a reporter. Friedman's adolescent infatuation with Israel was distinguished by its brevity. Although Daniel Pipes accurately detects traces of it still. By the time Friedman graduated from Brandeis University, radical left, in 1975, he was already expressing sympathy with the Palestinian national cause, offering apologies for the PLO terrorism and identifying with Breria, this single organization so reflexively critical of Israel that it quickly became a pariah group within the American Jewish community. This shows you how radical left this guy Freeman is, and his contempt for Israel is consistent with the history of the New York Times. And I'm just telling this, the New York Times, for most of its history, owned by Jews, self-haters, Thomas Friedman, same thing in my view, During his final year in Brandeis, after returning from a summer of study in Cairo, Friedman belonged to the steering committee of a self-styled, quote, Middle East Peace Group, vigorously opposed the mounting storm of protest among American Jews to be expressed in a rally against terror over Yasser Arafat's impending appearance before the United Nations General Assembly. He opposed the protests against Arafat. In November 1974, on the day before Arafat's infamous declaration that Zionism is racist, Delivered while brandishing a pistol on his hip, 
The so-called peace group published a statement in the Brandeis Justice, co-signed by, you bet, Thomas Friedman, called for Israel to negotiate with all factions of the Palestinians, quote-unquote, including the terrorist group PLO, and stated that the issue of Palestinian self-determination, quote-unquote, a standard euphemism or Palestinian state, was, quote, one of the central issues blocking peace in the Middle East. And by the way, you notice how Trump rejected all this crap? You notice how he rejected it? Pompeo rejected it. David Friedman rejected it. All of them rejected it. And they made peace with five Arab states. Muslim Arab states. And you know who was involved in that on the Israel side? Netanyahu. Netanyahu. The statement acknowledged repeated acts of PLO terror against Jews, but claimed they were clearly not representative of the diverse elements of the Palestinian people, though the only evidence of such diversity presented was of those even more committed to terrorism than the PLO itself. It also asserted that international condemnation of terrorist activities for which the PLO is responsible can have little effect. The group joined Briera, already notorious for its endorsement of Palestinian goals and for the blame it placed on the United States and Israel for Middle East instability and urging, quote, a more meaningful and constructive approach than protesting against Arafat and the PLO, peacefully protesting. So this group continued to profess its concern for Israel by criticizing American military and political elites for reinforcing the strategic alliance with Israel. Among all the impediments to peace in the Middle East, not the least of which was the unrelenting Arab hostility to Israel expressed exactly one year earlier in the Yom Kippur War, the group could only locate the dangers of U.S. power as a tool for forging peace. I've told you before, the people who hate the United States hate Israel. The people who hate Israel hate the United States. Hence, Thomas Friedman, the Democrat Party, and the New York Times. As a journalist in Lebanon, Thomas Friedman writes, he experienced something of a personal crisis. The Israel I met on the outskirts of Beirut was not the heroic Israel I'd been taught to identify with, he said. Outraged and determined to nail Begin and Sharon. Again, Begin, one of the great prime ministers of Israel. Friedman wrote the article that won his first Pulitzer. A week later, he buried the Israeli commanding officer on page one of the New York Times. And along with him, every illusion I ever had about the Jewish state, he said, that surely qualified him for his assignment to Israel, especially with the New York Times. Furthermore, his editor wanted in part to dispense with an old unwritten rule of never allowing a Jew to report from Jerusalem. And it goes on. And the point of the article or this letter is this. Thomas Friedman is a rat think. Thomas Friedman has never fully revealed to you, the American people, who he really is. He didn't have any transformation. He was a craphead from day one, a radical leftist, a J Street type, an Obama type, a Biden type. So don't be surprised when the Biden administration leaks to Thomas Friedman to trash Benjamin Netanyahu. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. You know, folks, when American Marxism came out, 
We couldn't do any signings. It was in the middle of COVID. And um, so I'm going to do three book signings. Just three. Um, I don't have the dates completely locked in right now. But I will tell you that one of them will be at the Reagan Library. Uh, seems like things have been uh, smoothed over. Plus, we have an enormous number of fans around there. So one will be at the Reagan Library. I'm not ready to give a day. Don't harass those folks, please. One will be at Barnes & Noble in the Washington, D.C. area. I don't know which one yet. And one will be at the, uh, the little independent bookstore. Please don't harass these people either. Called Bookends. So those are the three places uh, where we have an initial arrangement to proceed. And I will tell you, folks, that the pre-orders of this book now are doing far better than expected. I don't know what that means. That's what I'm told. Far better than expected. The Democrat Party hates America. Now, the interesting thing about this is <clears throat> I think the real push for people to purchase it will come as it comes closer to its release, which is why I'm suggesting you act now while Amazon is taking the orders so you can get into the queue, and as soon as the book comes out, you'll have it. Uh, I think the longest book I've ever written is less than 300 pages, Mr. Producer. With notes in the back. This book's approximately 400 pages. You might say, oh my God, no. I'll bet you can't put it down once you start. And you don't have to read it all at once. You don't have to read it all at once. I'm telling you again, I've gone through the final edits of the book. That is, final editions, final corrections. We have copy, a copy editor, I think, who reviews it, but I do my own copy editing half the time as well. I've done it with my other books, too. But you know what's interesting? When you get around to the third or fourth time of reading your own book, it's monotonous. And yet, for me, this is not monotonous. I wrote the book, and every time I go through a certain chapter, I say, wow, I found that. Wow, I did that. Let me add a little here. Let me add a little there, which is driving the publisher nuts, by the way. So we're ready to go. Just have another four or five days. This has been a very, very long project. And I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm always proud to put my name on my book because I wrote it. Nobody else wrote it. Every damn word in that book comes from me, or I'm quoting somebody else. And I just want you to take advantage of the opportunity right now on Amazon, which is 40% off, to jump in, order your copies, maybe you have special events coming up. It could even be four or five months from now. But certainly... After Labor Day, we're hitting the ground running. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then. That is September 19th. And you'll say, so your book will be out. No, this book, you'll see how it's written. This book will never be old. 
I suspect this is the book, the book, that will be attached to my name, even more than liberty and tyranny and American Marxism. And I would argue those are great books. You love them. We sold a combined three million copies in all forms. Will there be audio of this book? Yes. Yes. I will read the first chapter, which is a very long chapter, and the epilogue, the last chapter. You know I can't read the whole thing out loud. I just don't have the lung capacity for it anymore. I just can't do it. But even the production people in the audio said, we're going to need two days to do the first chapter. It's a long chapter. I said, let's do it, baby. I'm so excited about this. People say, oh, you make a lot of money. I make less money on books than anything else I do. If I wanted to make a ton of money based on how much time I put into it, this would be on the bottom of the list. And yet, to me, it's on the top of the list. With radio. Because radio is my first love. Professionally, of course, my wife. But, you know, professionally, radio is my first love. Always has been. But these books, they're everlasting. They're ever, I go back and I read Milton Freeman. The great Milton Freeman is gone. Bill Buckley, although he got into more fiction later, gone. Walter Williams, my first guest on Life, Liberty, and Living, gone. Mises, Hayek, gone. So many others, once you start down this path, it's impossible to complete it. So for us who are not flesh and blood of these people, they live through their books. You have philosophers who wrote more than hundreds of years ago. You have Plato, you have Aristotle, you have Cicero, and so many others. They're remembered for what they wrote. For what they wrote. People still quote them today. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them. People still quote them today. If this book is effective and lasting for the next four or five years, we will have succeeded. And you'll know when you read it what I'm talking about. We have 150 years, and especially the last 100 years, of layer after layer of varnished bullcrap on top of the Democrat Party. They control most of the historians, most of the authors, the vast majority of the media and the columnists, academia, and so they've rewritten their own history. And they're rewriting their own present-day activities, and they're rewriting already the future. So what I've done is I've peeled all that crap off the Democrat Party so you can see exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And people will come to despise it, as they should. We have a black, I believe she's a state senator in Georgia, who said she's had enough with the crime, with the propaganda arrest. She can't live a lie anymore. And we want to get to those folks, whatever their race and all the rest of it. The Democrat Party 
It's like Thomas Friedman. I just told you who the real Thomas Friedman is. They create phony characters. They create phony issues. They're phony through and through, but they're dangerous. They're evil. And when you're done with this book, you're going to say, oh my God, I didn't know 90% of the stuff that's in here. This is a horrendous anti-American party. And how much better off America would be. And you know, the, dead, the left will immediately go, oh, we wouldn't have social security. I'm talking about humanity. That this party was responsible for the Civil War. It takes none of the blame. Running around talking about reparations like they had no role in this. This party was responsible for a hundred years of segregation after the Civil War. This party was responsible for blocking federal legislation outlawing lynching. This party, the Democrat Party, was responsible for preventing Jews who were trying to escape Nazi Germany legally from entering the country. This party is poison. Look at them today. And you better believe I punch them right in the nose. Today. Look at them today. Trying to put a former president in prison where they want him to die. And his opposition candidate's doing it. But no problem at the FBI, Christie tells us. What a pathetic fool. Endless immigration, fentanyl, fellow citizens dying, their children dying. MS-13, murderers, rapists, even terrorists coming across the border. Meanwhile, innocent migrants lured here by the Democrat Party. Sex slaves. Kidnapped. Tortured. Murdered. 85,000 Young migrants are, are lost to the government. Waiting on tables and washing dishes somewhere. We have allowed that damn party to get away with too much. And so I decided to write it. To pull it all together in one place. Once and for all. There's never been a book like it. And I doubt there'll ever be another book like it. I've never read a book like it. Or I wouldn't have read it. Excuse me, I wouldn't have written it. But it was about time somebody better do it before it's too late. Because it's late. It is late. You don't hear Democrats denounce critical race theory. Why? Because they support it. You don't hear Democrats oppose sexualizing your children in public schools. Why? Because they support it. You don't hear Democrats talking about removing pornography from elementary school libraries. They call it book banning, the Democrats, because they support it. You don't hear them condemning the FBI and its Stasi tactics. 
Why? Because they own the FBI. They own the Department of Justice. They own the teachers' unions. They own our educational system, whether it's in public schools or colleges or universities. They own it. They own our media. They own entertainment in Hollywood. They own it. They own the entire administrative state, hook, line, and, and, and sinker. The massive bureaucracy, 2.2 million people. They own it. You cannot discuss, challenge, or condemn what's going on in this country without understanding that the Democrat Party is the Leviathan. It's everywhere. Because it's not a political party. It is a state party, like the Communist Party in China. It's the state party. Like Putin's fascist party in Russia. It's the state party, like the Communist Party in Cuba, Venezuela. The state party. You and I are outliers. The Republican Party is a political party. It is a divided party. We have more backstabbers in the Republican Party than you can imagine. You don't see it in the Democrat Party. Oh, of course, there's an outlier there and here and there, you know, a Maoist arguing with a Leninist, a Leninist arguing with a Stalinist, a Stalinist arguing with a Trotsky. It's irrelevant. You really need to grab your copies now. Get in the queue. Get it at 40% off. Get it on day one. I'm very passionate about this, but also cerebral. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The very last paragraph in the book, two sentences, which I'm not supposed to read, but who cares? The Democrat Party stands for the relentless pursuit of power. America was founded, though, on the principle of individual and human liberty. If the Democrat Party succeeds, the American experiment will have failed. That's the last paragraph. There's a lot more information that leads up to that paragraph on what I think we need to do about this. So they'll come gunning for me, and that's perfectly fine by me. But I need my Levinites, my army of patriots behind me, which means you need to read it and have it. And... This book is for you. It's not for me. I already wrote it. It's for you. And I write these books for you. Like I said, I don't have to write them for myself, although I learn a hell of a lot along the way. And I'm very proud of you because you're one of the few audiences that actually get engaged enough. In many respects, the publishing industry is dead, but not with you, not here. And I want to encourage you, after listening to my sign-off, head over to Amazon. We're number 80 on Amazon. There's a lot of kiddie books and fiction books there. Let's drive it back up into the top 10. You can do this and get your 40% discount and be poised for the release date because it's so very, very important. I want to thank all you heroes out there, and that includes you fantastic people in my audience. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you tomorrow.